I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing good. I'm as organized as ever. I got half my stuff on paper, half my stuff on the iPad, and half my stuff on the phone. Isn't that one and a half? Pretty much. <laughs> you got one and a half things done? Yes. So we'd just like to thank our listeners. We have 3,000 downloads thanks to you, and we appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you very much for listening. Absolutely. I understand that we even have some folks from Ukraine listening to our podcast. We have some folks from the Ukraine. We have people from all over the world, but Ukraine being the most recent, along with the Czech Republic. Well, I want you folks over there in Ukraine that are actually listening to us. I appreciate it as well. And please don't think for a second that we don't support you 100%. There's just always questions and queries as to are we doing the right thing? Is the money we're sending you being spent properly? Are you guys really getting the assistance you need? Because if we go off of our own history and we look at how we treat our own people here in the country, how we treat our own borders, and how our senators, congressmen from the local, state, and federal level spend our money, they don't always do things wisely. They do not. And in fact, we found out this week that Biden visited the Ukraine and was in Kiev along with Zelensky. And during their nice little walk around, there were air raid sirens, and they acted like nothing was happening. That's why someone was asking me today if that was kind of like a little wag the dog scene. I told him I don't think it was wag the dog. I think that the air raid sirens might have been for show. That is what I suspect, that the air raid sirens were for show. Because could you imagine the Secret Service ignoring the protection of Biden during an air raid? That that would be pretty pretty bad. And they would have scrambled big time to get him undercover and in protection, which kind of was going to propel me to the situation we had last week with our Chinese spy satellite or spy balloon. Are all of those extra spy balloons that we started shooting down, even though the first one we allowed it to trek across the entire United States? And what did we say on the podcast last week? That I believe that those were actually done to save face. The $12 science, at-home science balloons. Yes, and they have decided they'd be in the federal government to stop looking for the parts that it's no longer relevant so you shoot something down with a four to six hundred thousand dollar missile, then what you shot down is just vaporized into thin air, so there's no sense in looking for it now. And that's what I mean by spending our money not very wisely. I would have to agree that it's not very wisely. Not for that. So I listened to an expert talk about our president's visit to Ukraine. And he's a Russian expert. It's been in that field, geopolitics, and following that part of the world for many, many, many decades. And he basically said that 
this will have zero impact on the war going on right now. That it probably wasn't, it, it was a show of solidarity or... We still stand with Ukraine. We still stand with Ukraine, but as far as changing Putin's mind or changing China's mind about sending them, them being Russia, weapons to assist in this proxy war, um, it's not going to do much. It will be interesting to see how how things go forward, just considering half-supported, half-unsupported People just aren't certain about it. And I don't really, me personally, I didn't see Biden going over there as it's not a show of force, mostly a show of faith, I guess. But it it just doesn't, I don't know what the intention really was on their part. We have all of these ideas of what their intention could have been, but I didn't get any positive continued support for well, right. Ukraine out of it. And it's interesting to note that he was over there in that part of the world for a different reason. And he just happened to take a train and sneak into Kiev and do his little photo op and then back out because I believe he gave a speech or was given a speech in Poland or somewhere over in that neck of the woods about something totally unrelated to the war. Yeah, he found time to meet with Zelensky, but he couldn't find any time to go to East Palestine, Ohio. He couldn't find any time to go meet with those who have been affected by one of the biggest disasters, train disasters in our recent history. And we have seen this train derailment in Ohio that has led to their decision to burn off chemicals. And these chemicals basically led to acid rain and water contamination. And now that contaminated water is being fed through many different states. And I believe they said even Canada ended up with some contaminated water. Biden didn't go, didn't bother to go there. We have Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Okay, so he's not the mayor anymore. He's in an appointed position. But Pete Buttigieg, who basically ignores... The train derailment, even though he's the transportation secretary. And in fact, I think it took him something like 10 days to finally even mention the train derailment. He's too busy talking about the the highways that are racist. And he's too busy talking about everything else except for the disasters that are happening. And we had several more train derailments. In the meantime, it's interesting that you brought up Ohio and the derailment because I have, this is on my papers, not on my iPad, in parentheses, why? Ohio train derailment and burning vinyl chloride. Why would they light it on fire when it turns around and creates an off-gassing chemical that was used during World War One? Chemical weapon. That causes all kinds of mayhem to the human condition. And they are coming out now, not only for contaminated water, but they're saying that people are getting rashy skin conditions now, even though we were told, oh, everything's fine, drink the water, nothing to see here. Well, we have dioxins in the air now and phosine gas, which is a direct result of burning 
vinyl chloride. And it's interesting when you get into the whole thing with train derailments. On average, there's the first note a few days ago was there's 1,800 a year. Well, from the 1980s, there was roughly 3,000 per year. Till now, there's approximately 1,800. So let's put it into perspective. From 1990 to 2021, there has been 54,539 derailments in America. That's an average of 1,704 per year. And the reason it's a big deal but not a big deal, because there isn't large amounts of deaths. The death tolls on most derailments annually is only four to five people. Therefore, it appears to be an acceptable loss, even though a lot of the technology goes back pre-probably Vietnam, World War II, or Korean War. There's a system that you can install on these trains that's called ECP, or Electronically Controlled Pneumatic Braking, which one administration passes a law, the next administration uh, has somebody go to Congress, And then they move parts of the law around so then it's not mandatory. If there's that many derailments a year, whether there's zero or a million deaths, they're always hauling chemicals. They're always hauling food, cars. It's our commerce going cross-country. Now we have some of the most stringent or strictest laws as it relates to air carriers and airplanes. So then why doesn't the NTSB and the railway systems have to follow similar rules? So we do seem to have a lot. I I think that that is a lot of derailments, even if it's less than it was before. We could always do better. We can always get better and we should be pushing. Maybe it is further regulation. And I understand what you're saying about how one one group will pass a law, another one will issue a new rule. So one of the things that Pete Buttigieg came out and said was that because under the Trump administration, they suspended a rule for requiring a certain type of brake system to be put on this particular, well, to be put on train. So Pete Buttigieg said because Trump suspended this rule, it's his fault that the train derailment happened. However, my understanding of that rule was that it was for the the trains carrying oil, not necessarily other chemicals, other liquids, that type of thing. So it was a, a misdirection from Pete Buttigieg as far as it's Trump's fault because he his administration suspended this rule. But something that also struck me with what we're doing, what pipeline... Did we suspend that would have piped oil down from Canada? Was that the Keystone? It was a Keystone pipeline. So we suspended the Keystone pipeline under Biden because we said it would be bad for the environment and it was just bad business. They uh, Not bad business, just essentially bad for the environment. Because it's going to be bad for the environment, we will not have the pipeline. So what do we do instead? Send it by train. And what are we seeing? Over 1,700 derailments, whether it's chemical or oil. That is not a good argument for better environmentalism, having 
crude go by having this oil go by train if this is our current result no and a lot of experts came out the day after and said that that a lot of this stuff can go by pipe except for this particular chemical couldn't because it has a flash point of like five degrees fahrenheit so it lights off very very low temps very so cold, yes yeah. so it's i think those are cooled or super cooled cars potentially and that begs the question as to why they didn't keep them cool even while they were on their side not leaking and flip them up and put them back up on their top one of the the things that i heard and i i did not run down as to whether or not it was just somebody's speculation or if it was the real reason why that they wanted to get the train um basically the whole train system back up and running faster and their version of faster was burning it off instead of waiting for the proper equipment to come because you would have had uh, inaccessible areas of the train. Well, I wonder if some of the chemists that work for these chemical companies called and said, you know, you might not want to do that. It might have been too late. They may have already lit them off and it was too late to go, whoa, we'll just live with the consequences. It's just so weird that a big majority of the population in that county are Republicans. It's like... So we don't care about contaminating their water and... Well, I'm not a conspiracy guy. You're not. I am a guy. I, I identify it's California. I, no, I, I am a conspiracy person. I, I but believe in them when they're proven to be true. But if 70% or 75% of the population are voted Republican during the last presidency... Isn't it kind of peculiar just the way things kind of followed through and laid out when now, two, three weeks later, whatever the case is, they're starting to send the EPA there. They're looking at it. Well, and by the way, uh, Ohio asked for help from FEMA. And repeatedly, the federal government said, no, this is not a natural disaster. Therefore, we will not help you. And apparently... Trump said, I'm going to come visit. Maybe we can do something privately. And all of a sudden, it became uh, FEMA can help you. Well, absolutely. It's amazing how politics work. It is, and it shouldn't be that way. No, at the expense of people's health, welfare, and safety. Like I was explaining to somebody yesterday, if you follow OSHA rules and regulations, you look at chemicals, you look at how they determine what's hazardous, what's toxic, what's not, whether it's RICRA, RCRA, whether it's non-RICRA, how they separate it, how they dispose of it, whether they can burn it or whether they bury it or whether they let it evaporate naturally over time. And looking at all the fish that are dying, do you know that is a test within OSHA and you look at some MSDS, it's called the fish test? They actually induce chemicals into the water and see at what level the fish die. I did not know that that was a test. Yes, so some point in time, look at it, look it up. They actually use fish for this test. I will be looking up the fish test. I, I have to read more about this. So I've been looking at all the different crazy things that have been going on around the country and around the world the last few days. And is it interesting that we have somebody who has decided that she would like to run president of the united states are we referring to nikki haley nikki haley 
and how all these liberals are now coming out. Uh, I say all right now. Couple, there's quite a number. Three of them, but there's quite a number of them saying that she is the perfect Manchurian candidate for white supremacy and racism. She uses her brown skin to help promote white supremacy and their talking points. She uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown black folks. And this same individual that I'm quoting, and I will not give his name, has also gone after Dinesh D'Souza and Candace Owens. So I guess if you're a person of color, don't stray from the liberal mindset or you're a racist son of a gun. They are, not everyone on the left is racist. I'll start out by saying that, but some of these individuals are the most racist people that you can find because a person is not allowed to think except for the way that a specific leftist has decided this is how you will think. And as soon as you stray from that line, for instance, you're conservative or you lean more conservative, or even if you are somewhat centered, they will attack you and they will tear you down because you must be someone who is willing to use your skin color to fight the white man's fight because the white man wants to take over and put everybody else down. And you're just a closeted racist against your own people. And this this argument has come up over and over again. If a person is of color and they are conservative, they have been called every name in the book. And we we actually just saw this in Georgia. They were talking about doing a a statue for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And one of the individuals on the floor called him an Uncle Tom because it's okay to say derogatory things about conservatives. Yes, and the thing is, they don't have real solutions. No, they don't. And people that do not have real solutions and have a history of being failures, and that's what these people are. They may be making money, but in the real grand scheme of things, especially as it relates to powerful people, They are failures, and they only know how to name, call, and sling mud. Because they have nothing else for them. And I guarantee you, if you put Nikki Haley, Dinesh D'Souza, Candace Owens side-by-side with these clowns, she, she, both the she's and the he, could outspeak, outrepresent, and do more for their own communities than this person has ever thought of doing in his lifetime just because they give him a a liberal rag time to sit and bloviate doesn't mean that he knows squat yet they give this person all this airtime i would love to see during a presidential debate a clown debate and let these people come up on stage 15 minutes prior to the actual real debate so she could warm up on him and teach him a little lesson. Yeah, one of the other things I, I had actually noted with Nikki Haley and others like hers in this particular case for Nikki Haley, because she has a white sounding name, Haley is her married name, and Nikki is her middle name. Because she has a white sounding name, she's attacked for trying to only use 
her background as a woman of color when it's politically expedient. So now that she's running for office as running for president, provided she was the South Carolina governor, um, but running for this particular office, she is trying to use her her skin color and and get people to vote for her. And we've we've heard that with not just Nikki Haley. If you are a person of color and you're a conservative, they will attack you for either trying to pass and sound too white or they'll say that you're only abusing your heritage now that it's politically expedient. You can never just have your heritage and be yourself. Well, if they would exercise that on both sides, I'd be okay with it. Let's see. Let me throw a name out there for you. Her name, and she's not Indian, Elizabeth Warren. She tried to use her heritage for a number of years to get jobs, actually. She was hired by, I believe it was Harvard, and was listed as the only native and woman of color on their staff at one point. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, and I've been doing a little bit of reading on kind of Nikki Haley's background, how she did as a governor. I believe she might have been a congresswoman. I don't think she was a congresswoman, no. but she was the ambassador, ambassador to, the to the UN under Trump. Under Trump. She's had a pretty extensive background. She's been on boards of several large companies. And it's interesting that they were looking at how much she was paid. Oh, what did she get for being on that board? Oh, my God, she got a $80,000 check in one year. Well, that's a lot less than our current president's son getting a million or more for something he has no knowledge of. When the industries that she was on the boards of, she had professional knowledge. Specific knowledge, yes. yes. and had input into the board and the corporations that she was helping represent. Not just using someone's name to get to where she was. Yes, and let's throw another guy out there, another person I have a problem with, who claims to be this man of just innocence, and he hates capitalism because it's fraudulent and he works so hard for the american people in vermont bernie sanders yet he's doing a book tour right now yes and he's using Ticketmaster. yes and he's charging people 95 dollars per person to come see him at a book signing and i believe he is supposed to speak a bit too i don't know if he's doing a reading or if he will just speak but i i did hear about that you think that's a little hypocritical for a guy that says he hates capitalism he wants to be a devout socialist democratic socialist whatever that means it's amazing how all these folks that garner this kind of money all forget where it came from sports guys do it professional business people do it and it it just boggles my mind because we see what he is everybody in his state should see what he is unless they're all of the same ilk he's benefiting from a system that he wants to dismantle it's funny that he would use the very system that he claims to hate in order to benefit himself but when he was asked about it during an interview Hey, number one, you're looking into Ticketmaster for their monopoly and their failings. Why would you use Ticketmaster? And he says, it's not my fault. My book publisher is the one doing all of this. And so then he was asked about how much he was charging 
to to see him. It's not my fault. This is the book publishing company. I'm not making any money from these tickets. My book publishing company is doing it all. So you expect me to believe that you wrote a book, you're making no money, and you're allowing every corporation to benefit off of you? That's a really weird way to stick it to the man and show how to upend capitalism. That That's a crazy way to do it. Isn't that kind of like a person we talked about a few weeks ago that's a professor that was teaching at a university that was getting money and then she started charging for the books? And for her class? Yes. Very interesting how these folks are. Yes, and the fact that he will he will sit there and, and say that he's not making money. They gave him money up front to write this book, just so we're clear. They all do. So even if he's not specifically getting the ticket money from these programs, he was contracted to write the book and do the programs for a specific feed. He's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Let's be clear about that. How long has he been a senator? Several decades. Let's just throw a number out there. I don't know exactly. Let's say 25 years. I, I, even let's go 30. Five, five terms. Six years, right? Six-year terms, yes. Okay, so five terms, so 30 years. And the salary 30 years ago... Hold on, he's he's uh, was a U.S. representative for 16 years before he was elected to U.S. Senate in twenty in 2006. So while he has been within the two houses for over 30 years. Okay, well, let's just do a little quick math. But so, still, he right. has been a U.S. representative followed by a senator for 30 plus years. Okay, so we'll just we'll commingle the salaries. We'll use it as as fictitious numbers or or not 100% accurate. So we'll just say based on 30 years ago to now, let's just say take $100,000. Okay? So if he made $100,000 a year times 30 years, how much money is that? Uh 40 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we are we talking about like how congressional math yeah. It multiplies real, real, real math versus congressional <laughs> math. What I'm getting at is he's another one that's been in office for 30 plus years. He's garnered a whopping salary for those 30 years. You take the low end 30 years ago, the high end now. He's in a couple million dollar range. Yes. Yet he's a multimillionaire. He has sucked off the government boob for years and years, and he's been okay with it. He's written books now. Um, he's making millions. I think it's his third book, too. He yeah. he gets millions from these books. Yes, and he's making millions, yet he's still a chronic whiner. If you want to be a chronic whiner like that, pack your clothes, pack your bags, move to China. Go down and move to Brazil. Go move to North Korea and see how you really like the socialistic slash communistic side of it. There's too many people here in this country that kvetch and moan about how terrible we are, yet they're happily making millions off of it. They're living in multiple homes. They're flying around in jets. They have nice cars, and they're continuously complaining. Yes, and Bernie Sanders is one of the, the most vocal people about how terrible capitalism is. And then when asked about his book and making millions off of it, he's like, if you want to be a millionaire, you go write a book too. Well, 
you clearly love capitalism while selling it to people who think that what you're saying and what you're doing are, are somehow don't have to connect. Yeah, they're diametrically opposed. So I want to jump back to Nikki Haley for just a moment. Nikki uh, Haley. Nikki Haley is 51 years old. She's past her prime. And Don Lemon has the audacity to say that Nikki Haley is past her prime. And the way he went about it was to say, well, I Googled a woman's prime. And what came back was 20s, 30s, and 40s. So she's past her prime. You can't even run for president until you're 35. Is that the same Google that censors certain groups? It is the same Google that censors certain groups. I wouldn't listen to them. But, and not only did Don Lemon say this, but one of the ladies of The View decided to double down. Whoopee. And say yes, that she's not of a different generation. She's of the same generation as Biden, who's 80, as Trump, who's in his late 70s, and somehow equating her as being just as of the same, well, not just of the same politics, but of the same age. So she's, you know. Oh, she's in dog dog years. Apparently. Well, I would put her current cognitive reasoning skills against Biden and her former boss. Even though he is a pretty smart guy and he's still got it going on, I'm sure he's in a little bit of decline too. It it is impossible for you to not go into decline as you age. Yes, we all we all start declining, but we do. We start to to go down just a little bit each year. But I do find it really interesting that she is younger than Elizabeth Warren when she was running, and yet. I don't remember past her prime coming from Don Lemon. Well, it's because we just talked about the comments and how they go swing left or right, and they go from one person to the other. It it makes no sense. It does not make sense. Well, it it does make sense because we're answering our own questions, but it doesn't make sense in the fact that there's so many people out there that buy into this stuff. 100%. And I would like to slide over into buying into stuff. What have you bought into lately? Well, so I'm reading an article today, and there's two separate articles on the same page. And one of them, and this relates to California and the Bay Area, San Francisco, is facilitating a slow-motion suicide by letting addicts use drugs without any form of treatment. And this is coming from a recovering user who is making these statements He is saying that there's at least 600 a year in the Bay Area, 600 people that die of drug overdoses. And if they would give them treatment, then probably four to 500 of those 600 probably actually still be alive because we're just handing them the drugs because they've now decided they're going to open these centers up. And that's center with a C, not center with an S. They're opening these clinics up so they can just go in and a nurse can sit there and watch them inject themselves and everything's good. Do you know what else the clinics have? If you don't want to sit there and inject yourself, like on site, they're actually giving care packages to those people who use drugs with routine. So a drug user can go into these centers 
and get a drug care package from them, which will include a band, several. It's usually not just like one set. They give you several bands to tie off your arm. They give you clean needles, tons and tons of clean needles, uh, items so you can smoke if that's your your choice how your choice of how you use your drugs they have they have these packages that they will give you but if you go in and say i want help to stop they have nothing for you no resources their resources are solely to give out the implements that will help the person use the drug that's what we're doing now so that's what caught my eye because, like I was saying, there was two articles on the same page. And just the end of that article, I'm, I'm saying this. It wasn't in the article. I believe that leaderships like people in San Fran and Sacramento have given up on these people, plain and simple. They're just going to let them die. This is um, assisted suicide is what it is, legal assisted suicide. But then the next article down is homelessness across America, $45 billion per year. Or thirty to fifty thousand per person in supportive services is spent annually on homeless across America. Okay, that's five hundred thousand homeless. So, what do sixty-eight percent of U.S. cities report? That addiction is their single largest cause of homelessness. Yes, a lot of our leaders will try to tell us that it is people don't want to be unhoused. They just fall into an unhoused situation because life costs too much money. But the reality is it is the the heavy percentage is the drug abuse. And that's why people are unhoused. They are homeless because they are spending their money on drugs. They can't keep a job because they are spending the money on drugs. They are begging for your coins and your dollars so they can spend the money on drugs. Absolutely. And the uh, remainder of that article is 30% beyond the 68% is people with mental illness. Okay. Which that makes perfect sense to me. But every article you read talks about all these volunteer organizations and government funded organizations and money out of the general fund. That all they talk about is redoing old hotels, redoing old houses, bringing trailers in. If anybody knows what a tough shed, if you have a shed in your backyard, there's a company, at least I know in California, it's called Tough Shed. They build sheds. And we have a grip or a whole bunch of homeless here in the Fresno area living in tough sheds. On one hand, we're handing out drugs which we're paying for, for them. On the other hand, 68% of the homeless problem is drug addiction. So the two are counterintuitive. They don't make sense. Not to feed somebody's addiction or to help them support their addiction and then wonder why they're homeless and then to try to house people, whether it's through a tough shed, hotel rooms, etc. you you are paying on both sides and neither one is helping the individual. And this is partially where we say all the time, most government officials create the problem. And then say that they are the solution. Yes. And and this is a solution to nothing but a a complete cycle that's never going to end. Until the person dies, 
it won't end. And but there is somebody else stepping into that person's place right behind them. Someone else who is going to utilize the needle, someone else who is going to utilize the tough shed or the housing situation. So we are expanding the problem. Yes. We haven't decreased the problem. And it's interesting that the largest city in the nation with homeless is New York. The And that's based on sheer size. The largest amount of homeless based on population and different math is actually or Portland, Oregon. Amazing that a city like Portland that used to be one of the most beautiful cities, well, San Fran used to be also, but one of the most beautiful cities in the nation is now uh, full of destitute and, and people that are, are just shooting themselves up waiting to die. And they, they invited it in Portland. They actually invite homeless youth or youth who are not accepted in their home state to come to Portland because they are a sanctuary area, which means that they will not return a, a child, an under 18, to their their family and their home state if they come to that area. So I'm going to throw a couple of things out there, then I'm going to ask you a question. So you have rampant homelessness. You have cities across America that have defunded police, and now crime is running rampant. All these housing costs are up, food costs, everything. You know the whole story. We talk about it every week. Do we still truly believe that this is a nation in decline and it will not last long, or do you still believe this is the greatest nation on earth? So I believe we are a nation in decline, but I also believe we have the opportunity to save it. It's not going to be saved through the infighting. It's not going to be saved by constantly pitting Republicans against Democrats or independents against Republicans or leftists against rightists. We are going to have to come together. A lot of people on the left and on the right meet on the majority of issues and topics, sometimes a little more left, sometimes a little more right, but there are outliers that we do not meet on 100%. But if we could find that, and if we could see that we do have the common ground and we didn't allow these people who by design are pitting us against each other. So we'll vote for one candidate over the other. If we work together, we could change the trajectory if we keep doing what we've always done, we will get what we've always got. And unless people start seeing that we have spoiled our country and we need to clean it up and move, to move forward. Uh, so I, I believe that there is hope and there is opportunity, but not doing what we're currently doing. Absolutely. Another thing we talked about last week and the week before was our southern border. And this has direct bearing because without borders, you do not have a nation, period. And now we were talking about moving guards up to the northern border. Now there's an influx of illegals coming from Canada down into the eastern seaboard. And they're asking southern sector agents to go up and work the north. Yes, and we've actually had that problem that we just didn't talk about as much. 
In the United States, we saw North Koreans who were actually able to make it out on, in their attempt to try to get to the United States. They crossed the border on our Pacific side, the western side, and came down through Canada. Sometimes it's easier for people to get to Canada and then come down or they get to Mexico and come up. But one thing that they start doing when it doesn't work anymore is you try to find a new avenue. Now that new avenue is the northern border. Well, you look for the path of least resistance. And a... Um, and ice, keep, oh, sorry. Ahead. Keep in mind, I'm talking about people who are coming from non-contiguous countries. Correct. So uh, if you're coming from Mexico, you're probably still going to try to come up from the southern border. If you're coming up from the land and you haven't actually left the land, you're going to come up from the south. But if you came over from Asia, if you came over from Europe, come over from Russia... Same type of deal. You're going to try to find the best solution. Yeah, and coming from ICE, they're saying that 800, 6 to 800 on average Chinese are being arrested at the border or being stopped and turned around, So, which means they're coming all the way from the Far East. And having a, a pleasure boat down in Southern California in the San Pedro Long Beach area, I look at the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach and all those thousands upon thousands of shipping containers that come into the U.S. and get unloaded, reloaded, and moved on. I just wonder how many people make it in those shipping containers. And there is no possible way that we can check every one of them 100%. Yeah, uh- same way they get fireworks, and I know those aren't people, but fireworks into Hawaii, you have people who are running the shipping yards that will take the money to to smuggle, and they have no qualms about it. So whether it's people or it's, you know, fireworks or other, you know, other items, just like it's illegal to ship in uh, fake goods. So your, your fake Louis Vuitton that's coming in, that's illegal too. So that's a part of ICE responsibility. Area of responsibility is to make sure that counterfeit goods are stopped. And we don't. How many times have you gone to a swap meet? You know those aren't being made here in the United States. That would be too expensive to manufacture. I wonder how many of those people in those shipping containers have burner phones. <laughs> Your favorite burner phone. my favorite thing, a fake burner phone. So you believe in dinosaurs? You believe in all those bones they find all over the place? I believe they existed, yes. I didn't realize that on average they're finding approximately 50 new ones per year. Is it because we have better technology to see through the earth and then they know where to dig? I believe so. And the top 10 have come from Argentina, Zimbabwe, Colombia, Germany, and northern Patagonia, which I thought was pretty interesting. Very interesting. So where I'm going with throwing a little dinosaur trivia out there, because they're there, we've seen the bones, can't hide the fact. So with finding all the biblical sites now all over the place and finding all these dinosaurs, I wonder if something might be coming to a head here. There's a lot of knowledge that's being gained. There's a lot of things that these paleontologists thought were real, weren't real. They're finding things where they didn't think they were supposed to be. Well, how did they know they weren't here? Because they look and say, well, it's not here, therefore it couldn't have been here. Right. And they're wrong. Who would ever thunk you would find dinosaur bones in Madera, California in a dump, in a dump site? Or down in Southern California, 
the La Brea tar pits, all of the woolly mammoths. Very interesting place to go, by the way. If you have not been to the La Brea tar pits, I highly recommend it. It is a really good scientific area to study. Yeah, up in Alaska, where supposedly woolly mammoths never hung out in this one area, a guy buys a piece of property and they've uncovered like 25,000 bones and tusks so far. So it, it's crazy. These guys don't know. What they don't know. Correct. It was just interesting. Speaking of not knowing things, it was just announced that Diane Feinstein will not be running for re-election. And then a reporter went up to her and asked her for a comment on it. And she said that that wasn't true. She didn't know that it had been announced that she wasn't running for re-election. She's past her prime. She'll be over 90. I think she'll be 91 by the time she finishes her. That's amazing. It would be interesting for a person that does stats to go back to when she first started in Congress, follow her career, and see if you can actually spot the decline and see when words started getting jumbled and when policies started becoming um, not accurate, just her her change. Right. We would be better suited by watching videos. So you can just see video after video of her talking, and then at what point she started to seemingly have issues. Right, and then you could, that's what you call empirical data, and then you could use that for a partial baseline of cognitive reasoning decline. So you can say, okay, we look at this person who um, consumed alcohol or didn't consume alcohol, never did drugs in their life, never had a traumatic event, you know, ABC, and they were fully functioning until the age of 76, and then from 76 on, it was a straight shot downhill. Or, yes, they did They did Fetterman, they did this, they did that, and they went down quick. Yeah, and Fetterman has checked into Walter Reed. Apparently, he is suffering from some pretty severe ailments right now. When he first went in, they ran a battery of tests and they said no signs of another stroke, no no negative signs, but it turns out that he has very severe depression. And some of his symptoms, his stroke symptoms and his problems were mirroring the depression symptoms, so they actually had a hard time diagnosing him at first. I bet you, being a couple thousand miles away, I can give you a non-clinical diagnosis. Do it. I imagine... I've never been in the Senate, but it's probably an absolute pressure cooker. He went into a position ill, not 100%. They have to make decisions on a daily basis, decisions and votes that directly affect the lives of millions of people. And that probably started to weigh on him, his psyche, him mentally a little bit, and it was a straight shot down. Yeah, it doesn't help that he, as you noted, hasn't fully recovered. And apparently he hears, it's not really talking, but he hears noises in his head, like a want, 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 want all the time. So he can't actually process when people are talking to him and he can't hear them. So that being a big change in his life too, I imagine further reduced his ability to recover in that pressure cooker. Absolutely. And that's probably why 
Biden has so many handlers around him and there's absolutely somebody making the decisions for him because he has had a brain aneurysm. He's had all kinds of problems wrong with him. He's been in massive decline for a long time. You can see it. Everybody can see it. So hopefully we can get through this since it doesn't appear that they're going to impeach him and move him, remove him unless he does something really heinous. He would have to get have a massive medical episode in public or else they'll just move him off and not talk about it. He would have to have a massive medical episode in public or he would just have to say, that's it, I quit. I mean, I don't know that he would actually just I quit. Right. I well, resign. Jill Biden's but, not going to let him do that. She will... She will keep the weekend at Bernie's. She going. loves the power. Yes, so does Fetterman's wife. Absolutely. She would probably go attempt to get that appointment from the Pennsylvania governor if Fetterman does tap out. And I made that comment at work, and a couple of folks said, oh, they can't do that. I said, oh, absolutely they can. It is up to the governor to appoint who would replace him, and it can absolutely be his wife without hesitation or reservation. So do you like military history? I do like military history. Especially considering we were both in the military. Go Navy. Hence the name of the podcast. I love boats, as you know, all kinds. I love submarines. I love the history of World War II. I love the fact that we're finding things now. What have we found? Somebody at work asked me, well, how many things are we going to find and I said, well, the way he phrased it, I said, until there's no more left to find, which we're always going to war, so there's always going to be something sunk, and there's always going to be boats that lose communication and disappear. So I know I'm rambling, but uh, in the military today, a World War II submarine has been found off the coast of Japan. This particular sub or fish had 10 kills before it was sunk with all on board. It was a Gato-class submarine, the Albacore II. The sub was lost in late 1944. Dr. I believe it's Tanaki Ura from the University of Tokyo and his staff or his team assisted in locating the long-lost missing vessel. Wow, good for them. It's amazing how we wore, we beat the bejesus out of each other and then we become friends we become friends or at least friendly publicly appearing to be friendly yeah you just forget about all the folks that lost their lives in the interim while you were brutalizing and hating each other yes so obviously they're going to leave the ship there the the sub because it's a tomb for all the lost but I just thought it was interesting that it was found after all these years. Very interesting. It is. It feels like closure in some cases because now you know the end of the story. Very interesting story. Another interesting story was a couple of police officers that were killed in Detroit the last day or two. And it appears that it was a murder-suicide It was a 26-year-old male officer, 22-year-old female officer who were apparently in a relationship. And a family member flagged down another set of officers for a wellness check. When they went in the house, the two officers were deceased, and there was a baby in a crib 
which was fine. They turned the baby over to one of the other family members. There, There's no... So officers already have a lot of pressure on them. They, they have a lot of pressure. And I understand that different people in the community feel differently about officers and whether or not they accept that pressure. But with what has been going on, especially the last several years, with defunding the police, with not being as supportive as we could be, even in mental health services, because if you go to see a doctor, that could be the end of your job, your career, what you putting food on your table for some people. If it's just, even if it's just a job, that could be the end in your mind of being able to put food on the table. But we've, we've isolated them. We've made their working environments more difficult by defunding. There's less officers to help each other out. Police departments are smaller. In, in, for instance, in Austin, Texas, they just had a situation where there weren't enough officers to respond to a call. And it took over 30 minutes for a response to happen. And an officer was injured in that call. There's no backup. They couldn't get anyone there. So we have a big problem with our lack of support and how we've harmed communities as well as the individual officers. And a lot of other states try to use, blue states I will say, try to use Texas as a, oh, well, you know, the Republicans, the Republican states, the red states, they're defunding police too. Well, within Texas, within these states are liberal Our blue cities. And Austin is very blue. Bright blue. Yes, bright, bright blue. So, yeah, they defunded Detroit. That is a blue, blue place. So, unfortunately, we are not doing a good job. And even in Chicago, so a blue city, with regard to how we're educating people, there there is a report. That as many as 55 schools have no proficiency in math or reading. So we are defunding the police. We are not educating our youth across the country. And somehow we're being told that the schools are trying really hard. Therefore, it's okay. This is the person who's going to go... And be a part of the community. Well, if they're going to be part of the community up in Northern California, Oregon, I believe it's okay because they're going to get free money. They're getting ready to get free checks. And you're correct about defunding police and all the problems in all the other cities. We even have that issue here in California. So another, you flip the page on the articles I was reading yesterday. You have two paralleling articles. Again, you have an archbishop down in Southern California Killed. Killed. A suspect has finally been arrested, but there's been no details released at this time. And within the same page, next article down, there's a California guy that was convicted of killing three people over 40 years ago. Okay. He is going to be released because he has stage four cancer. It's a new compassionate release program that they've reworked a little bit. Even though you have a DA in Southern California that says this guy is a risk, even 
at his age and what he has done, don't let him out. They're releasing him anyway. So you have an archbishop being killed. You have people being killed all over the country. You have homeless. You have drugs. And then we come up with a compassionate release program. What about the compassionate release of the three people he killed? We don't care. I hate to say it, but that's how we're treating it. If we cared as a society, we we would have compassion for the person that is ill and dying, but he could be ill and dying in jail. That's my compassion. I don't think we need to withhold medication from you. I don't think we need to, you know, stick needles in your eye. Okay. Unless you want an eye for an eye type of situation, but we can have compassion for people. You stay in jail. Three people don't get their life, didn't get to lead their life because of that person. We have another one in California where this individual was from South Korea. And he came over as a young child, as an immigrant. And when he was in high school, he joined a gang. And during a thought that this other car had rival gang members in there, he shoots into the car And he ends up killing one person and injuring at least one other in the car. He gets convicted. He goes to jail. He eventually gets his sentence commuted. And then Newsom actually said no dice, but then the parole board overruled Newsom. And he got parole. And so ICE wants to pick him up and send him back. And now he's fighting in the public square to be seen as uh, that was my misspent youth and I've changed my life and I only know this country now. Consequences have actions. Actions and consequences go hand in hand. He made a major mistake. He needs to be deported. He needs to go bye-bye. Yes. we Clearly we have enough problems on our own. We don't have to continue... In some of these cases, for instance, this guy who was 16 when he decided to commit murder, he made a choice, as you said, consequences have actions, actions have consequences. He needs to understand that part of his punishment is that he wasn't a United States citizen when he did it, and he goes back to South Korea. If he was a United States citizen, which by the way, unless his parents became citizens when he was a kid, at 16, he wouldn't have that opportunity. He would have had to wait till he was 18. I understand from an immigration standpoint, he did not have opportunity to become a citizen until he was 18. But as a validated gang member, by the time he was 16, he wouldn't have been able to become. Not eligible, yes. correct? Yeah. So he was not on that pathway to being a U.S. citizen. Bye-bye. So bye-bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on you. Nope. So let's talk about January 6th. That's already passed, but go ahead. It has already passed. Apparently, McCarthy, our Republican leader in Congress, has granted Tucker Carlson access to 41,000 hours of video. So there may be more forthcoming. I know we've talked about on this podcast that there was lots of hours of video that haven't been released. Well, apparently, they decided Tucker Carlson was the person to release it to. I'll admit, I think that they should just publicly release it. I don't like that things keep going through another party, another 
commentator or a news source, release it and let me make my own opinions. Yeah, that's why they think sometimes we're not smart enough to come up with our own conclusions. That's why they think they have to draw the conclusion for us. Just like during COVID, we let a band of merry experts make our decisions for us. And there were people who were like, all bow down, hail Fauci. It was crazy. Yes, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I know it caused so many family problems nationwide to different families of different ethnic groups because no one knew what the heck was going on. And you and I kept saying here over and over, let's wait for the empirical data. Let's see what the percentages of deaths are. Let's see how many people with comorbidities, and that was a new term we all learned, um, how many people that were sick with all kinds of crap died. Well, there was a new study just released this week. In the Lancet? That one or a different one? In the Lancet. Okay. That has suggested natural immunity is a very good provider of protection. Just as much protection as vaccines. And this came from doctors that actually do what? They are actually in the science that actually physically study the science and look into the empirical data. Yes, they are the ones that know what they know. And they know a lot. It's not a baloney study. It's not something cooked up on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram by a bunch of wannabe doctors and lawyers, it's actually real people that do real studies, and they actually track COVID worldwide. That's their job. Well, if you had any one of the COVIDs, the first one, the second one, the third one, the all of the iterations, one, all of the iterations, you were 78% protected after 40 weeks. The only waning was during the last one, which was the Omicron, which dropped down a little bit. uh, Well, I say a little, about 38% after 40 weeks plus. However, if you had comorbidities, when it came to severe disease, protection from natural immunity stayed at 78% over the 40 weeks but did drop a little faster for Omicron BA1. And the study was led by a group of researchers that make up the COVID forecasting response team. Now, yes, hybrid immunity was good. And the meaning of hybrid immunity is the first shot, not the boosters, and having COVID. That's the best hybrid immunity because when young people started getting the first booster and then the second booster, that's when all these other maladies started cropping up. The myocarditis, the vein thrombosis, all there. There's like 40 different maladies that were happening to these young youth. And I just watched a couple of videos from a doctor that I follow over in England, which was a peer-reviewed study on brain damage after multiple boosters and what's happening to youth from the age I believe it was 16 or 17 to and I'll have to look at that exact age around 30 so next time listen to me follow the empirical data wait if there was massive amounts of people dying you got to risk it and do what you have to do 
However, the success or the, the life expectancy rate or not dying from it was 99.2 or whatever the percentage was, somewhere in that realm around the world. The thing that really bothers me is there's now more data coming out that, you know, I'm not going to use that term, Fauci lied, people died. That's Other people can use that. Let's talk about a drug called ivermectin. Okay, they now know that ivermectin did work to help you get through COVID. However, some of these people that came up with the mRNA and the other vaccines could not get the emergency order if there was already something in existence that worked. That was approved. That was, It it was already through emergency. It had already been through the whole process. Yep. So I guess all my rambling, what I'm trying to say is trust but verify. Always come up with your own conclusion with the help of an expert. They're, they're not the experts in all fields. They're not all being all-knowing. Fauci was good at one time. He was at the end of his rope. His cognitive reasoning has been in decline as well, too. He started being about the money and not about the science. Money and fame. Yes. He was on so many different programs. He had pictures of himself all over the place. I'm not talking family photos. It was like just him all over the place. We have family photos in our house, but the number of times he would give an interview and behind him was him. Yeah, it's it's terrible when you have this long-term COVID effect, but then you compound it with basically injecting COVID into your system and then you still end up with long-term effects of a different realm. Yes. We didn't know what we didn't know. But what we did know, it didn't make sense of what we were being told. So if it doesn't make sense, you got to investigate it more. Well, it's interesting that all this, you know, hey, don't question authority was coming from people that always told you. To question authority? Absolutely. I, yeah, that one was a, a really interesting flip. So I'd like to talk about a couple of things that we've had on this show before just to, to touch base. So we talked about the tax refunds and rebates that states were giving out. And you had mentioned that just wait for your 1099 or wait for the taxes on the taxes. So there has been a lot of back and forth. And depending on your state, you may owe some taxes for that free money that was given to you. So the IRS has singled out at least four states and said that they structured their rebates as tax refunds rather than as tax rebates or stimulus payments. And by doing so, the IRS now regards them as a reduction of net state tax liability. So when you get a state tax refund, The next year, you have to claim that as federal income. If you didn't know, you do that every year. So if you got a state tax refund, so because of the way some of these were structured, you now have to pay the feds for that. Don't say I told you so, but I told you so. And they encourage people to hold off on filing their taxes while they still decide if that's going to be the final rule. You know who they're like? They're like casinos. The house always wins. 
Casinos are not in the business to lose money. Governments, even though it's technically supposed to be our money, they're not in the business of giving you something for free. Nothing that the government gives you is free. You will pay in one, one form or another, one Absolutely. way or another. So another topic that we've been following is Alec Baldwin and the the saga over, it's not a saga, it was somebody, It there was a life lost, but how they will charge him. So they, they criminally charged him in the shooting death, but now the Santa Fe County District Attorney has dropped one of the charges against Alec Baldwin. And so now it looks like even if he's found guilty with what's left, he will not spend any time in jail. So the gun enhancement charge that they had was related to the allegation that um, Baldwin didn't have permits to have the firearm that he was using when the shooting occurred. However, they decided to drop that and he is facing charges of manslaughter and reckless endangerment, but the gun enhancement one is gone. Yeah, and I heard a DA in another state say that this particular DA was in way over her head, that she should have never looked for that enhancement from the beginning, and why did she wait a year to come out and change it all unless the Baldwin family, here's a conspiracy, mysteriously put some money in her savings account. In the somebody's pocket? Yeah. Hey, million dollars dropped the enhancement. I really would not do well in prison. Thank you very much. Just saying. So another follow-up is with elections, our most secure election ever. Don't know if you remember that. We had 2020 was the most secure election ever. Well, a California Democrat has been arrested on election fraud charges as it relates to the 2020 election, not the 2022, the 2020 election. And so apparently uh, Shakir Khan has been arrested for suspicion of election fraud. And part of it was having dozens of uh, votes, mail-in votes at his residence and that he was submitting fraudulent registration with the Secretary of State, submission of fraudulent candidacy paperwork, aiding and abetting the commission of fraud at an election and subscription of fictitious names on nomination petitions. So he fudged the names to nominate himself. He had people registered out of his home address that weren't living there. He had people registered at other addresses, but with his email address and phone number on those petitions. So it was a pretty, pretty sizable scheme see but in the grand scheme of things it was nothing because there was no election fraud during 2020 most secure election ever facebook had nothing to do with it instagram had nothing to do with it twitter had nothing to do with it the russia hoax which you want to get into the russia hoax thing let's talk about the russia so hoax. there i heard our speaker of the house talking today and what did Mr. McCarthy say? Well, he's listening to some Republicans who want to bring up on the House floor getting rid of the impeachment of Trump. I guess there's a way you can vote on it and you can strike it. Oh, because he was impeached based with on relation fraudulent to fraudulent 
material. That would be interesting so if that we'll, got undone. We'll see how that goes. And uh, for our neighbors to the north, apparently the Canadian intelligence has found evidence of Chinese interference in elections up in Canada. So Russian interference, at least to the degree that it related to Trump, never happened. But there may be Chinese interference up to the north. We've talked about some of the stuff going on with China here in the United States. It's not looking good. So, man, we're all full of conspiracies tonight, today. So maybe they're interfering in our elections because they're tired of us interfering in theirs. Just like the spy balloon. Just like I heard a retired general say a few nights ago. It's only a balloon. We probably jammed it as it was flying over, so they really didn't get any information. But we fly satellites over China, over Russia, over North Korea. All the time. We even fly them over our own friends' countries. When Barack Hussein Obama was the president of the United States, his State Department meddled in the election over in Israel because they did not want Netanyahu in again. So that's a known fact because they found the nonprofit that donated the money for the other candidate, and that money was directly given from the State Department to this entity. So there was a paper trail down in, where was it, at Brazil? Oh, yes. We did not help to elect the former... Oh, what was he? He wasn't a fraudster. He, he was a crook. Former crook. Yeah, just say he was a crook. Yeah, so we meddled in the elections there. We meddle, we meddle, meddle everywhere. Sad, but it's true. We've meddled, so why should we be any more surprised that they would do something here in the United States or attempt to? Well, there's all those things. You know, people in glass houses should not cast a first stone. Uh, are you a pure as a wind-driven snow? All those little metaphorical phrases and sayings you know if we're not that clean and pure then we need to stop and shut our little pie holes and not be so mad as there's two angles too i'm sorry i'm I'm bloviating again there's two angles to the shooting down of the balloon and then the subsequent shooting at three other objects so we had people on the news ranting and raving that we weren't doing enough to secure the country. We're letting spies spy on us. And then when we shoot these other three things down, which we don't know what they are and we can't find them, then all of a sudden it's, why did you spend four to $600,000 per missile to shoot at? A weather balloon. Yeah. Well, pick your poison. We were either trying to protect the country and even though we couldn't find it, we shot it down because it was potentially X. Can't have it both ways. But boy, will they try. Absolutely. So talking about green energy, just a little bit of green energy. So we have wind energy that may be killing whales. whales. We've had uh, a large increase in whale death, and we have been putting more more wind turbines What do they say the, the, the root cause of the whales dying? What's doing it? So our increase in... The size of the projects that we have been putting out, the wind power plants that have been installed in the outdoors, well, off the coast is size impact. 
So is it that they follow a certain path and we've put a roadblock right in front of them and they don't know how to go around it, so they run into it? I think they also make noise. Yeah, so it's it, probably it's like submarines. It's a frequency that throws the whales off. So it's a noise problem. Mechanism off, so they turn and head to shallow water probably and they inadvertently beach themselves. So one was stated to be swimming in circles because they are now deaf because yeah. of the, so the noise, the frequency. It's a frequency. And we have large-scale projects off the coast, so that's why we are seeing more whales die. We have a battery problem in the Ford F-150E that they had to shut down production so they can investigate the battery problem and see if they can fix the situation before they can get the truck back up and out to market. So we are pushing California towards a vehicle or a set of vehicles that are having issues. They're having battery-related issues. We're taking so much out of the ground. We have green-related issues. Yeah, I listened to a battery expert make that comment. We may have talked about it the last week, two or three, that if they want to go pure electric with battery systems say in 35 years, 40 years, we would have to mine every inch of remaining dirt on this planet. We are asking for something that is going to destroy us. So what we need to do, so here's a business venture we can start right now. We're going to call after this podcast, Elon Musk. We're going to ask him if he can ready a rocket for the moon. We're going to go up there next week, and we're going to see if we can find any of that material so we can bring it back on cargo ships and we can build batteries. Well, except that if we mess with our moon, that will mess with our tides here. Cause and effect. Yes. So looks like we just need to stop killing ourselves. We're not going green if it's destroying the our planet. planet. No, it's f- it's fake green. It is faux it's green. Not, it's not the real color green. It's, it's not faux, the real. It's, it's faux, faux green. green. And that's another thing with the government entities and do-gooders. The mindset of wanting to do something nice and popular like that is admirable. But in reality, when you try to do something like that, in my humble opinion, on mass scale, when I say mass scale, nations wide or worldwide, it doesn't work. No, it absolutely isn't working. We need to put a giant pause put a pause on the laws that say we're going to be all electric by 2035 for our new vehicles here in California and other states are following suit. So they need to put a pause on as well. So you know how you put a pause on it? You de-incentivize guys like um, our former VP from years ago. Al Gore. Yes. Al Gore. Yeah. These earthly do-gooders, you take the money out of their pockets. You watch how fast this stuff comes to a screeching halt. Absolutely. So something I believe in, although I think we in the United States don't always go about it in the right way, is university level education. I do believe in a higher education and I believe that there is good in it and we need to educate people in certain certain avenues if they want to go into a certain job. For instance, going to medical school if you would like to be a doctor If you would like to be a scientific researcher and you want to get your PhD and openly study a subject, we need to have higher education there. And there's a lot of good that can come of it. But sometimes 
our most educated individuals just don't think things through. And this is being seen right now in Philadelphia. So at Temple University, the Graduate Student Association decided to declare a strike. Now, these are very low-paid student workers, but generally speaking, they are getting their education paid for, and then they are also working as graduate research assistants or just other graduate student worker-related jobs. So that knowledge should be priceless. And they decided at this university that they were going to strike. They make approximately $19,500 a year, and they've been advocating for a pay increase to $32,800 a year. And Temple University actually offered the union, because it is a unionized group, 3% annual wage increase and a one-time payment of $500 to certain individuals And they were actually going to give more parental leave and additional bereavement leave. So they were doing some concessions while this was going on. But I guess the Graduate Student Association decided to strike instead. And so these individuals led a strike. Well, they were shocked to find out that when they decided to strike, they were not going to get paid because they were not working. And in addition, they were subject to having to pay tuition for their education for their education because they were not meeting the requirements, which was you work, you get your tuition paid for. And we are talking PhD level individuals in some case, or your graduate school, your master's and PhD levels. So they were shocked that their health benefits, their free education, and their pay went away when they decided to strike. Get back to work. We have really smart individuals. Doesn't mean they have common sense. But they did not have common sense on this. So apparently they are now going to be required to pay their tuition and they are just shocked and appalled. I'm appalled that I don't get a free education. Mm. Are you appalled or a marked? I'm a marked. (laughs) So we are most of the way through our winter here in California. Hoping it, well, we're going to go through another freeze in the next week. It's getting pretty cold, and we just seem to have our nice little cycle here in February. So, But we're, we're most of the way through. Usually March starts to warm up a bit. But our gas bills have been crazy here in California. And in fact, there was a Los Angeles restaurant that was asking for help with their gas bill because it was two and a half times what it normally is during the same period. So it was $13,000 gas bill when their usual gas bill is between $5,000 and $6,000. And I know individuals who are seeing that with heating their homes. Winter is our high month if you have a, a gas heater. So it is not unexpected, but the actual bills that are coming comparing January to January, February to February are just astronomical. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing about that here in the Central Valley with heating your homes is, I'll call it back in the day, but for years and years up until recently, you could go to a local woodcutter, buy a quarter to a wood, you could burn that in your fireplace and that would last you most of the season. Okay, however, because of the advent of the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District, 
the EPA and others, now they've decided, even though they've cleaned up fireplaces to where they actually have catalytic converters like cars, which means they burn about 99% clean, you still on the valley floor can only burn your fireplace on good burn days. And there are no good burn days in Fresno County for you to heat your home. If you have gas hookups, so if you are in the Central Valley, you're part of Pacific Gas and Electric or Southern California Edison, and you have a gas line that runs to your house in Fresno County, you are no longer allowed to burn good burn day, good air quality day or not. You are not allowed to burn anymore. And the reason why I know that is because I am in Fresno County, but I moved to a location that does not have gas hookup. And only for that reason that I'm al- I am allowed to burn wood as my heat source legally. Now, mind you, if you can't afford to pay for the gas to heat your house, are you supposed to freeze? No, and I was just thinking that. And I was just going to say that if it came to, since I'm older now, the health and safety of my grandkids and they were here and I couldn't afford gas, I would burn my fence in the fireplace if I had to, to heat my home and worry about the consequences later. Because I don't think there's anybody that works at the San Joaquin Valley uh, Pollution Control District or anywhere else that could look you in the eye in front of a television camera on the news and say, yes, I demand that you stop, even though your grandchildren may freeze to death. I don't think they're going to do that. But we'll fine you. You can pay us extra money that you that you didn't have in the first place for these astronomical bills that have been coming through. Well, the gas prices are ridiculous. Even ours have doubled here in our small little 1,200-square-foot home. But half the population in the country seems to be perfectly content with who they've put into all these offices here. Calling this fuel bad, but there is no green alternative. There is no alternative. Nope. And there's no alternative if you want to drive in the state of California. You have to pay your registration fees. Every year it's an annual fee just for the luxury of getting your car out on the road. Right now, California's registration fee is based on the cost of your vehicle. California is looking to start charging you based on the weight of your vehicle. So it won't matter how much it costs. You can have a very old vehicle and very, well, inexpensive is relative when you're talking about thousands of dollars for the cost of a vehicle, but compared to others, an inexpensive vehicle, but because it weighs more, they want to charge you more. So they are, are currently looking at charging your registration based on weight. Well, and they're going to start adding more toll roads too. You know how many toll roads are in the Central Valley? Do we have any in the Central Valley? Zero. And they want to add some? No, I'm saying that. I've been waiting for them to actually put one at every major town. One in, well, we'll start at Sacramento. One in Sacramento, one in Galt, one in Stockton, one in Modesto, one in Merced, one in Fresno, one in Bakersfield. Well, if it was a nice road, would you take it compared to these roads that beat up your vehicle? Because if I have to drive the 99... I wouldn't want to pay extra for the luxury of having already paid for that road out of my tax dollars 
Yeah, but that reminds me when I went to your boot camp graduation and we were taking the taxi from the airport to the hotel and it seemed like there was a toll road or a toll booth every couple miles and it was pretty expensive, yet the roads were the worst ever. And when I asked the the taxi driver, you know, why so many toll roads? He said, well, we got to pay for the roads. I said, your guys' roads suck. And he goes, yeah, there's news articles right now that there's like $650 million dollars worth of road tax is missing. Surprise, surprise. Well, California's done that. The gas tax that they they raised the last go around, it was so we could pay because we ran out of road money. We couldn't take care of our roads. So what did they do? They convinced everybody to vote yes on a gas tax to fix the roads. People are dumber than a box of rocks voted yes. Sorry, that's that's really rude. So if there's no gas vehicles, does it then become an electric tax? They're going to do some other form of tax. So so then they get this new tax money, and then what does state of California do? Raid the coffers to go spend it on something else. And, oh, we have no money to fix the roads. Surprise, surprise. Interesting. Did we talk about the transgender shop teacher in canada uh quite a few weeks ago i think so this particular individual is a biological male who identifies as a female and is publicly out as a female at a high school which wasn't an issue the the issue was this individual wears massive prosthetic breasts and dresses provocatively and even has like fake nipples that protrude through the shirts that you can see. But apparently some of the neighbors, as they've been looking into this particular individual, because the, the children at the schools, some of them have come out and said they feel uncomfortable. And the school says, that's your problem. And this, this individual can keep doing what they're doing. But apparently some of his, his, her neighbors have come out and said that, they only dress this way when they are going to the school to teach that in their own private time and in their own running around, they very often do not dress as a woman. They dress as a man. So he's trying to make some type of political statement or some type of statement. Yes. But when did the rights of one outweigh the rights of the many? So I would say the rights of one as a fundamental right for this is Canada. This is not the United States, but pulling it to the United States, the right of one is just as important as the right of many. If it is the fundamental right that we have enshrined in our constitution and in our laws. So the right of one would always exist. But what is problematic is we've allowed the takeover of women's spaces and we're seeing this in in sports title nine how do how do men basically get around title nine they call themselves women or boys call themselves girls and you get around title nine because now boys are in both sports all sports they get them all so to me it's other laws are being violated and we've allowed men to take over women's spaces. We don't hear as often women taking over men's space, which is why not? Why aren't why aren't women taking over men's space? We just want our own space. That's me. That's me talking. I just want my own space. Women worked tirelessly to get us a carved out space 
And it is now that we are bigoted if we don't give it back up. We are transphobic if we don't give back up that space to men. Is there a dress code at that school? I would imagine there is. So I wonder if that person is following the dress code. Well, typically teachers and students have different dress codes, so I'm not quite sure. I would imagine it needs to be business. Business casual. Or or business casual, but this particular individual wears arguably booty shorts and um, massive protruding nipples through their shirt. It's just, yeah, we have to give up our space. Yeah, Well, I think maybe this person... Needs a mental test, not for wanting to be transgender, but for the way he, she is acting in public, in a public venue like a school. What is the age? Is it a high school? It's a high school. It was a high. Okay. They are the a high school woodshop teacher, wow. and we were even seeing this in England. So there is a individual who's in their forties. Decided to identify as a, I say decided, they could have been identifying this whole time, but maybe now feel more comfortable as a woman. And they are taking over the space for women's cricket for ages as young as 12. So do you think a a fully gone through puberty male has an advantage over a 12-year-old girl? Absolutely. Wow. But this is the space that we're in. And in one bit of local news, the son of a former Fresno County Council member was killed in northwest Fresno. Apparently, there was a shooting at a hookah lounge in northwest Fresno. So they identified the two individuals killed, and the one individual, Felix Hawkins, is the son of former city council member Cynthia Sterling. He was 41 Wow, can't even go out for a night and enjoy yourself and you get killed. Nope, there was a a private party of approximately 30 to 50 people and they were involved in some sort of an altercation and shots were fired and unfortunately two people lost their life and one happens to be the son of a former... Councilwoman. Councilwoman, yep. It's too bad. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.